welcome to this episode of Marvelous Mouse Talk. I'm your host, Marcella Zimmerman, and I'm joined today by Kim York. Hello. And Charlene Brasito. Hi. As always, this podcast is brought to you by MarvelousMouseTravels.com, where they're creating marvelous memories one family at a time. In today's episode, we'll share some updates in regards to Universal Studios Orlando, as well as give a review of the new Velocicoaster that opened up several weeks ago. Hi, ladies. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Marcella. Hi. So I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, it's been a while. We did go through the Palace Resorts and we covered all of those. So we really haven't been able to talk about Universal. And there's been a lot of changes since uh, we last discussed about a month or so ago. Um, so I guess we should just jump right in. So I think the biggest one is the COVID updates. And this was... I think we started to slowly see things change. One of the biggest things is the social distancing markers have disappeared, but they are still encouraging that you still uh, that you still put you know a space between you yourself and the next party. And the face covering guidelines. I'm just going to read them verbatim. So face coverings are optional for fully vaccinated guests. Non-vaccinated guests are asked to wear face coverings at all indoor locations. Um, they also still have the hand sanitizers available if you need so, and they're still advising for people to still wash their hands often. Um, and if you're sick, not to go to the parks. But I do think this is a big, a big step in the right direction. Right, and they were the first ones to announce doing that. Uh, you know, at the Universal Parks, you know, to make the the face covering optional for fully vaccinated guests. And I think it took Disney even a couple of days more, um, you know, to, to finally make that, you know, public. So Universal was the the first to, to do that. So that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially heading into the summer, right? Like everybody was concerned about the heat in Orlando and having to keep those face coverings on, you know, full time outside, inside all of the, you know, um, you know, more strict requirements that they had before. I'm very excited that I don't have to wear a mask. I'm very excited I don't have to wear a mask outside in the hot, hot Florida sun. So that's something to look forward to when going back to the parks for sure. And I think that was hindering a lot of people, you know. So I think, you know, we did start to see a lot more people showing up now because the rules did change. So, um, and then like Kim said, this is not only, I know this is more about Universal, but um, this is not only Universal that did change it. Disney also changed it as well. And it, they actually say- took away those markers on the ground. The, my last visit there. So we were leaving Volcano Bay one day. And the guy, you know, a team member on the exit ramp to go towards the buses was putting down shorter markers. So like it went from the six feet to like half of the little bar that was on the ground, if anybody was familiar with us. And so we're like, (laughs) oh, like they're just putting down new stickers and everyone like, wait, those are smaller. And then the next day they actually made the announcement, but he was putting those down ahead of them making the announcement about the reducing the social distancing um, from the six feet to the three or whatever was it three feet? It went from six yeah, to it was three. three feet. And then, mm-hmm. and then even like a, like two weeks later, it was like all gone. So they kind of phased it out, but it was very quick. I feel like just kind of overnight, we checked into our hotel and we did the wristband, got the temperature check. And the next morning 
we like totally went to the parks and we we're like, wait, we didn't get our wristband. We didn't get like our temperature checks. And then we realized it was just gone. So just like that overnight. Yeah, because we were there during the same during the same time period. And what was funny is, you know how you're talking about Volcano Bay. We were actually like in the line for Born Supremacy. And I remember somebody, um, there was one of the girls that was one of the workers. She was measuring the distance. And she had this tape measure. And I was like, why would you need to measure it? You know, so we didn't know at the time that they that's what they were going to implement. But it was kind of funny seeing it, you know, roll out the way that it did. And, you know, not wearing the wristband, like even though you were wearing it the day before. So. Yeah, everything right. moves very, very quickly. Yeah. And so now they're One just thing, encouraging the social distancing, but they don't have the markers on the ground any any longer. One thing I am going to miss, though, is when I went back, um, I think in February, I really enjoyed having the, the old, my own train car to myself on Hogwarts Express or having, you know, our own cars together with just me and my family. So... We're going to have to get used to making friends with strangers, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and hopefully that will help with, you know, speeding up the, the ride queues, you know, they, yeah. they were getting a little bit longer for that kind of experience because it does take longer to load a whole train worth of people, especially then, you know, if not as many people are getting on, then that hope, will hopefully make the ride queues go a little bit faster too. So two sides, always two sides. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. So I do want to discuss the big thing that happened recently. So um, the Velocicoaster opened. I am still yeah. terrified of this one. <laughs> um, but Kim, you got on it. So I want to hear all about it. Yeah. So ours was a, a surprise that we were able to ride the Velocicoaster because we were there uh, in May. It was actually May 7th. It was our last day in the parks and the Velocicoaster did not officially open until June 10th, but they had been doing pass holder previews. And that first day or the last day of our trip uh, was they started doing what they called technical dress rehearsals and they opened it up to guests that were in the park. So we did get to ride it. Uh, it was not expected. It wasn't, I didn't have time to prepare very long to mentally kind of, you know, steal my, my nerve. Cause I always will try something once uh, and, you know, decide if I like it or not. Uh, I do have another trip planned back in a couple of weeks and I didn't, uh, totally discount the ride of like, oh, it's so scary. I'm never going to do it again. I will be trying it again in July um, or at the end of this month. And, um, you know, happy to, to kind of share our experience. So the, the ride queue, uh, it kind of like is hidden. So you have to go, there's um, in the Jurassic World part or the Jurassic Park part of Islands of Adventure. And there is kind of like this break in the the trees and you, you go in like almost the back entrance of the uh, discovery center uh, so it's on the ground floor of the discovery center is where the ride queue actually starts um, and it kind of looks like a big like uh, dinosaur paddock you know where you keep you know really large animals so like the steel framing and the cage work kind of a thing uh, and then it has the big velocicoaster sign but we it was a 75 minute wait and it was actually 75 minutes and it was uh, the ride queue kind of like snaking you back and forth, like in the paddock, but then you were going outside and you were under a lot of the track. So we kept seeing the ride go upside down and twist and invert. And, you know, you couldn't really see like the whole coaster because it's so long, uh, but the ride queue definitely takes you through 
uh, a lot of the track work so that it builds that suspense, you know, before you get on the ride. So uh, I kept getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous. Um, And I had uh, a group of teens with me and my son was super excited to be able to ride. He'd already been reading about it. He knew all the stats um, that it was going to be, you know, the fastest launch coasters, technically the technical term for, for this new, um, you know, coaster. So he was kind of prepping me for like, okay, well, there's foreign versions and, you know, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, where it speeds up more than it actually slows down. So it's supposed to get faster because there's two launch sequences. So he was kind of like prepping me. I was like, I don't know if this is making it better or worse because you're telling me too much information. Um, and so you get into the actual like building you know, after you've kind of sneaked through the queue and they have the, uh, the four statues of the, the famous um, Jurassic Park dino characters. So it's like blue, um, trying to think of the other one's names. I'm not as familiar with all the dinosaur names, but they're supposed to represent the, the four dino characters. And so that's pretty ominous. And they have this whole lighting um, part of that building where the lights flash and change colors and then there is the screen where Mr. DNA comes on and talks about like you're you know coming into the paddock and they've opened this up to guests so they're kind of like bringing you into the story of the ride Um, and you know as you're going through the queue you actually get up to the control room and so um, you know it's the the scientists that are in the control room and they're like all right we've decided we have this great idea you know to bring our guests into the dino paddock and you know what could go wrong like kind of a thing you're like yeah right like you know (laughs) it's gonna you know go really wrong Um, so it's it's more just like the suspense is building up the story that this is the first time they're letting people come in you know to the paddock and you know um, and then you know, part of the story kind of unfolds from there, but they do a really good job of just building that suspense. Um, I think, like I said, seeing the coaster kind of go over your head upside down and hearing the people scream uh, was enough to build the suspense. Uh, but it was really exciting because of, you know, being just opening up with those technical dress rehearsals. When everybody was loading onto the ride, everybody was clapping and cheering. And then you could see on the other side where people were exiting, there was all these kind of um, executives and Disney Universal, like team members with their, um, you know, their name tags and stuff like that. So they were all there, uh, you know, to observe and kind of see what people's reactions were. So I felt like the energy was really exciting uh, for those that, that first ride that, that we took too. So I think that was part of it too. Um, and so when then people came back in, they were all cheering when the ride was over. Um, and I don't know if they were cheering because they were happy that it was over because it was so scary or that they really <laughs> enjoyed it. So maybe a little <laughs> mix of, a little mix of both because I did have um, one kid that really enjoyed it. And I had one kid that was in tears and would not talk um, after. <laughs> so they both normally, they both normally like the questions. Um, but at the end, uh, I don't know if it was taking a little bit longer to unload the car in front of us, but um, I was sitting behind my daughter and she was with um, her friend in front of us. And I asked her, I was like, you know, are you okay? And I did not get a response. So I had to ask her friend, is she still like awake? Like, did she pass out? Because <laughs> she, she wouldn't respond. Like she, she was crying and she was speechless. And she said, I don't think I'm going to go on that again. Um, so it was really fast. So I will say from my experience being on the ride, um, full 
um, disclosure, I did have my eyes closed the whole time. So I will experience something for the first time. Um, but I felt the ride and it was fast. So my son, uh, Kim, my son is 11 and he has declared himself a thrill seeker, an adventure seeker, and he loves the Hulk. He's decided that yeah. it's his favorite ride. Um, and I mean, I, I ride it with him, but I don't know if I could do another another Hulk-like coaster. So how would you compare this ride, uh, the Velocicoaster, to the Hulk? Right. So I think if your son loves the Hulk, then he's going to love the Velocicoaster because the Hulk is more intense, like really big swoops upside down, really big drops and like, you know, kind of like really leans into those turns and you kind of like your face like smushes up against the lap restraint that's over your head. Um, and I don't like the Hulk. I'll do it. Um, but it's just like too intense, like those, you know, big moves, those big G-forces or whatever. So like I said, I've done before um it's not my, my preferred so i think if you really like the hulk and the velocicoaster you're gonna like the speed he's gonna really like the speed on it but what's awesome is that that the smoothness of it it is not jerky it is just like i just feel like it was very well executed all the track work and where it comes into the turns where the inversions happen and like i said i didn't have my eyes open but I could feel it. Um, and it was very smooth. And the one unique part about this ride is that it does not have that over the head, over the shoulder um, restraint. It is only a lap bar, which I know people are concerned about that. Um, you know, especially when you're going, you know, upside down four times uh, as part <laughs> of those inversions. Um, but I did not notice the, you know, any it feeling unsafe. It was a really large lap bar. Like, I feel like it was kind of like a huge, um, covering over my knees and like laid across my lap, if that makes sense. Like not just a, you know, wide, you know, T-shape across like your lap. I felt like it was like, it covers your whole bottom half. Does that make sense? Um, so it's not just like this, like, oh, this little bar that like holds you in when you go upside down. Um, I will say that I could feel when we went upside down for that hang time, um, it was about three seconds where you actually, I felt my you know bottom leave the seat and then come right back down. But I didn't feel unsafe. I didn't feel like I was falling forward. I felt like I was very secure in my seat. I just felt the like lift up and then back down, you know, for the, the upside down, the hang time part of it. Uh, at the end of the ride, there is that uh, class, the unique to this roller coaster, um, you know, barrel roll is what they're calling it. That's one of the last inversions. And so you do a barrel roll right over the water. So you're kind of like inverted and twist a couple of times upside down over the water. And that's the part that's right over the ride queue. Um, so it looks very intense. And that part of it, you know, uh, was the kind of like, you know, apex, one of them of the roller coaster, but it really does have that big, you know, 155 foot um, you know, arc going up really tall and then coming down. And even part of that, like you can feel the speed. There's never really a part of the roller coaster where I felt like, oh, I could take a breath and like open my eyes. I just felt fast the whole entire time, but it was smooth. Um, and it was just really like um, kind of a intense experience, but not like the Hulk is intense where it just kind of like rattles your brain. Um, so that's why I feel like I'm willing to try the Velocicoaster again when I go back with um, some new people that I know are going to want to ride it um, in a couple of weeks and, you know, kind of get a different perspective because I feel like there was so much and it was so fast that, uh, you know, it's it's something that you'll kind of have a different experience every time you do it. 
Um, but going through the ride queue, have you guys seen any of the pictures of the queue part of it? Um, you know, going I have those into dinosaurs. The- the dinosaurs look so real. Like, do they really right. look that real? <laughs> yeah, they do. So there's part of it where you're walking through the queue as you're getting closer to the ride, and they have um, two of the dinos kind of, like, um, masked with, like, you know, a cage mask or whatever, you know, to c- control them because they're out of control. Um, and they have some really cool uh, animatronics as part of that where they do really look like they're real and you can hear them breathing and their eyes open really fast um, and kind of like look around at people. So that was really cool part of the the ride queue as well. Um, now they do have a unique locker system if neither of you have done, um, you know, the blast coaster yet to prep you. Uh, it is a mirror image. So you are going to walk in one ride or locker area um, as you're going onto the ride. And you, I don't, I think there's a number again, I'm, we'll have to like look at it again and go back where you get a number, but it's the reverse. When you come back off the ride, you exit on the other side. So the room looks the opposite, but it's like, it's flipped. So your stuff is on the other side of the door. So you're actually going to grab it on the other side of the locker. So that's a unique, you know, locker, um, you know, put store all your stuff. You do walk through a metal detector, just like with the Hulk, make sure that nothing's in your pockets that are going to fall out. Um, I wear glasses. So I was, you know, able to keep my glasses on going through the uh, metal detector, but I always take my glasses off when I ride on roller coasters like that. And I hold it in my hand. So I did not keep my glasses on. My son did have his glasses on uh, and he has, he said that he didn't have a problem with it possibly falling off. Um, but I always take mine off and just hold them in my hand, you know, onto the lap bar or whatever. So that the lockers at the, you know, to put your stuff away was a little confusing at the end. So they had team members there to help you figure out, um, Oh, you know, where you put your stuff away and then it's going to be the opposite side. And then you, then you exit into the discovery um, store where they had the, the Jurassic uh, or the Velocicoaster merchandise and um, some stuff unique for the ride. So yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. I can see it, you know, it's something that everybody should try at least once. I didn't die and everybody was excited. <laughs> and like I said, happy that, um, you know, they got to experience it. So I hope that everybody gets to go and enjoy it. So, Kim, you said that you were going to try it again when you go back in a few weeks. Are you going to open your eyes this time? That's what I'm going to try. (laughs) Yes. I feel like now I've done it and I didn't die. I do want to kind of experience the, um, you know, the different inversions and especially that big, you know, um, the whatever, the the rise, the, and then the the 80 degree drop. Because I'm I'm okay with big drops and going you know, up and down kind of a thing. It's just the the upside down, but I feel like it didn't feel so crazy. Like the Hulk is crazy when you go upside down where you kind of need like some ibuprofen after (laughs) that that ride. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was so intense that, you know, I wouldn't try it again. So I'm going to try with my eyes open next time. (laughs) What I like about the Hulk ride though, is that it lasts so long. Like it's not like you've been waiting in this line if you don't have an express pass. And you're like, okay, so I just waited in this line and now it's over. I felt like it was worth the wait. Is the Velocicoaster, because it's so fast, does it feel like it's over too quickly for you? Um, I felt like it was just enough time. I would say it was probably be on the shorter side compared to the Hulk, if that's, you know, what you're comparing, you know, your your 
return on your investment of waiting in the you know 75 minute line. There are no express passes currently for the Velocicoaster. And I'm not sure if the VIP tours have access to them yet. Um, that would be something that you could, you know, speak with your agent to see if they can get the most up-to-date information um, about those, you know, private VIP tours or the non-private VIP tours that they offer with kind of those um, jump the line access for those rides. I'm not sure if they're, you know, the Velocicoaster is part of that, but yeah, no express passes. So um, I felt like it was long enough, not too short, not too long. I feel like the Hulk is too long, <laughs> but still I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So one of the cool things that came out of this new roller coaster opening was uh, the tribute store that came out of it. Um, so the Jurassic World tribute store is open. And if you've been before, it's where they do most of the tribute stores. Mardi Gras was done there and the Halloween one was done there too as well. So um, personally, I haven't done it, but I've seen so many YouTube videos on this one that I'm so excited for July. Um, they even have, I mean, they have everything you can think of there that's related to Jurassic Park. I'm going to need to just pull my paycheck there. That's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm excited to try the treat. I always am a sucker for the treats, all the themes. Like they have a Velocicoaster cupcake and a Velocicoaster um, themed candy apple. And then they have these like amber jellies mm -hmm. that are supposed to represent like the spider or whatever. I'm, I'm sure I said that wrong. I, I, I don't you know, what, no, no, what the, the creature is that's in the amber. Um, but the, you know, some themed food is always uh, a hit with the, the, those tribute stores. And this is the first time that they've actually had a tribute store that's not around an event. Like they've done it for Christmas or for Halloween. Um, they did one for Mardi Gras. This one is, uh, you know, around an actual movie franchise. Um, with even like props from the movie, um, you know, with the, some of the different, you know, things for Jurassic Park fans to go see uh, that I think that are different. I think they've had some of those out at the Discovery Center uh, in that part of Islands of Adventure, but there's some more movie props there and then a lot of, um, you know, merchandise. So it looks really cool and kind of, you know, definitely something for fans to to make sure that they experience and, and go see that. I think that, um, as usual, Universal did a great job in building such an immersive experience. Just going through the videos that I've seen, it just seems like when you step in there, you know, you're completely in the world of Jurassic Park and, and ready to head over to Islands of Adventure for the Velocicoaster. I can't wait to get in there, actually. Well, and that's one thing is that you feel like that with those um, seasonal events, that those are up for, you know, the season, Halloween, Christmas, Mardi Gras. So I'm curious how long they will keep the tribute store open. I don't know if we have, like, an end date, um, you know, if we have any information on that. But they they usually would have an end time. So I hope it's open for a little while so that lots of people get to, you know, get to experience it. One comment that I read about the Jurassic World tribute store that I just thought was so funny was, and I'm quoting here, um, a universal pass holder said, this store is legit better than the Fast and the Furious ride. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which I thought was hilarious. Um, everything's better than Fast and Furious Universal. Don't kill me. But it is. <laughs> so what I like about it, and I don't know if y'all watch um, the Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. I can never say that word. Um, Cretaceous. Um, So if y'all watch that show, they do have a lot of merch from that show in the in the actual store. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, they did say that there was new merchandise. They had old logo, you know, type merchandise that they haven't, you know, had out in other Universal stores. So um, definitely a merchandise junkie or someone that wants like a rare find um, should definitely check that out. So one of the other cool things that Universal brought out was the uh, DreamWorks Destination Character Experience. I like this. Like, number one, I like it because I feel like these team members that have to put on these costumes need to be in the EC. Um, and I think it really kind of helped them with that. But I like how they're doing it. So it's like a dance party with the different DreamWorks characters. Um, super cute. They have the Trolls, Madagascar, Kung Fu Panda, Shrek. Um, all those characters all come out. and. I love all of the characters that they have at the meet and greet. Um, I'm a big fan of the trolls, even though I am, you know, I guess I'm always forever a child and Kung Fu Panda is so fun. Um, I can't wait to see Madagascar and Shrek dancing on stage. That's just something I know that both me and my son will get a kick out of. I think that it's a, an organized way. They've, you know, kind of like made it, you know, with a rotational stage for them to entertain with their dance, you know, kind of choreographed sequences and different songs and uh, things from, you know, the, the different franchises. But it's still an opportunity for guests to be able to take a selfie with those characters. And um, I, apparently it's an, an, you know, they've got some markings on the ground. So even though we're not, you know, back to being able to hug in characters or autographs or, you know, standing right next to them, that they're still doing those kind of physically distant uh, selfies and there'll be opportunities as part of that experience for, you know, people to be able to get pictures with their favorite characters, but also have some fun and dance with some fun songs in the air conditioning for Mm -hmm. sure. There's nothing I love more than a dance party and selfies for sure. Photo opportunities and dancing are two of my top, well, that and air conditioning, my top three things (laughs) I love on a vacation. And then they, you know, have that as a, a, you know, experience for younger kids that might not be Velocicoaster ready or Hulk ready when you bring them to Universal as part of a multi-generational family experience at Universal Orlando. Um, that these, you know, they're bringing back all these, you know, activities and entertainment and the kids areas are now reopened with some of those playgrounds, let those kids like burn off some energy and, um, you know, have some fun experiences to be able to, you know, play within those immersive kind of like themed lands too. So that's like the, um, the I, I know that they closed Barney, right? Like that is not going to be reopening as part of the kid zone, right? That's correct. I think that's where the yeah. DreamWorks destination experience is. It has taken the place of where a day in the park with Barney was. Yes. There you go. So if you're familiar with that part of the park, then that's where this new um, DreamWorks destination will be. But yeah, they, that whole area for the longest time during COVID was closed. Uh, and now that's reopened. And then there is a play area in Jurassic 
park as part of Islands of Adventure um, that has some really fun interactive uh, places for kids to kind of explore. And, um, you know, my experience with my little girls, they have this kind of foam padded floor as part of one of the play areas and they have these big giant dinosaur footprints and if you jump on them it makes these different dinosaur roaring noises like that come out uh, you know from maybe speakers around or whatever so my my little girls got a kick out of that and just kind of jumping all over the place just to make dino noises so that that's a fun part of that park and I'm glad to see all those things coming back so that we have some places just to kind of take a break not always waiting in line and um, you know waiting for the next ride or, or what have you. Yeah, that was exciting to see all of that return. So another cool thing that I'm ready for is the Hogwarts Science Time Show that I think was one of like the pieces I've been waiting for this whole time. Yeah, I think and that's equivalent to like their, you know, fireworks show at Universal when they don't really have fireworks. It's the, the you know, kind of end of the night cap off um, to mm-hmm. see the, the show at the castle and they do it multiple times, right? It's not just once. Yes. Um, and you check the app. Um, they usually do it starting at dusk, which obviously that could change as the year, you know, throughout the, the season kind of a thing, um, with different times. So just always check the universal, the official universal Orlando app to make sure that you know, which times they're going to be starting, uh, for that show. But that one is, a really special like end of the day, you know, um, for all those Harry Potter fans for sure. So one of the other cool things that came back and is showing up on the app is the universal superstar parade. This is the first parade back in Orlando. And it's, it's going to be the first official parade back in Orlando at least. Um, so this is an exciting piece of news too. And this is also like another move in the right direction. So I would just check the app and see what time they're going to have it at. Um, on the day that we're recording, they did have a 7 p.m. parade time. So that would definitely be something fun to do at night. Yeah. And and for the longest time, they had those little, you know, mini um, kind of parades. And, and it wasn't really a parade because they would come out and, like, stay in one spot, really. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they, there was times throughout the day at Universal Studios where, you know, like, the grew would come out with, you know, some dancers and do like dancing on that the stage over by like the New York actually it's not the New York area um over by like Hollywood the Hollywood um boulevard kind of area where they would set up like oh and then there's like one you know piece of the parade float with the Simpsons but it didn't move anywhere they just kind of parked it in a spot and then kind of did you know some character interaction with guests but it's there is something to be said about you know sitting down having a parade come by and kind of like seeing all those giant floats and hearing the music change and see the different characters kind of, you know, waving and walking through the, the crowds as well. So um, yeah, for sure. That's going to be a, a, a fun experience to, to do again since those have been gone for so long. I feel like I don't remember what it's like to go to a parade. That's what's so great about it though. is like, we're like another step closer to normal, you know, because I know when we were there, we saw the Secret Life of Pets also set up a kind of a mini station. But to see all of the characters come together is kind of pretty symbolic, I feel like, because um, everything's starting to come back together for, you know, everybody who wants to go to the parks and enjoy every aspect when they go with their families. I couldn't agree yep. with you more. 
Good time so, to go. Okay, I think from here we should head to City Walk. Um, Kim, I can transition you to City Walk if you want to take the new restaurant. And then Charlene, if you want to take the rings across America showing sure. up on the 16th through 17th. Okay, so let me go ahead and start with him. So coming outside of the of the parks now, so City Walk also has some exciting updates. So Kim, do you want to start us with the first? Sure. They have a new quick service offering that's called Ben the Bao. Uh, and that's an all new Asian fusion quick service food venue that uh, has opened at Universal City Walk. So I know City Walk has a lot of sit down restaurants, but this would be a new quick service offering um, that has, you know, it looks like some really, you know, unique offerings with those um, bao buns and the, that, you know, type of, um, you know, food offerings. It says they have kimchi, pork belly, uh, a duck, you know, and this is under like fusion bao is what they have it listed on their menu. They have a beef brisket, veggie, shrimp, and a crab cake option as well. So, I mean, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven choices on the menu and then some beverages. And um, for $11.99, you can get two. Um, so not bad price-wise, a great, you know, quick service option. Always fun to try something, you know, new if you've never tried bow before. So it's always fun to try something unique on vacation and um, step out of your comfort zone. So I'm excited to try this uh, when we go back in a couple of weeks as well. Kim, have you ever had bow buns or Marcella? I haven't. I don't. I don't think I've had an official because I don't think that the cheeseburger pods at, Pan <laughs> at Pandora count, but in my mind that that's similar, but I feel like those are more like breaded and not as much dumpling as what my understanding of bao is. So like I said, I'm excited to try something, something new. They're so delicious. I haven't had, had this restaurant, but man, I love me a pork belly bao bun any day. My mouth is watering right. just thinking about it, actually. Okay, I'll put that on the list of one of the two to try. I would think maybe, sure. I don't know, duck or beef brisket sounds pretty interesting to kind of, again, if I'm already going out of my comfort zone, might as well go for, you know, the odd, not normal, you know. And, and the breading, it's not just like a regular dough. It's like a sweet a sweet bread. So my goodness. Okay. Mm, I'm getting I can hungry. always do sweet. I'm getting hungry now, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you know where they're putting it? Like where, where is it in okay. city walk going to be? I want to say like, there's that, um, the steps kind of going up by voodoo donuts that, that, that that's where it went in, um, kind of like on that second level. Um, but I, I just have the menu up in front of me. Um, but I think that it's up there. We're kind of on the way to the movie theater um, and that second level, you know, um, where they had been doing some renovations because that Universal store moved. Um, the official mm -hmm. Universal Orlando Resort store. Now it's huge, um, you know, kind of moved more forward facing to that waterway um, directly across from the Hard Rock. And, uh, you and know, central. It's very central to both of the parks for sure. 
yeah. So it, yeah, I felt like it was closer to Islands of Adventure side when you were kind of exiting the parks and, you know, <laughs> the end of a long day walking in the parks, you know, there is a difference between 15 more steps to get to that store. You're like, oh, I'm just going to keep turning, <laughs> going to the buses. Um, so yeah, it is, you know, more centrally located, but I do think that it's up those stairs on that second level. Um, but I'm so sure it will join. Signage. So it'll join like, um, I think there's a Burger King up there, the bread box, mm -hmm. Moe's Southwest Cantina's there too, and Panda Express. So they'll have two Asian offerings maybe, right? Yeah, and I think like because of the movie theater, like that's where more of the quick service is kind of up there, um, you know, versus like the, the restaurants that, you know, you kind of enter in on the ground floor that are more like the signature, like, you know, destinations at CityWalk. That is such a nice option when you're done with the parks and you don't want to sit down. You just want to grab some food, hop on the bus and go home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So our last little piece of news, I do want to reiterate that Sapphire Falls is open as well as Aventura. Um, so that's, I think that's a huge news when it comes to the hotels because, you know, we could always use more hotels open. Um, and at the same time, pool hopping is back too. So that is like the, I mean, that's one of the benefits of staying at Universal is that you are able to, to pull hop. So I'm looking forward to that piece being back. What's your first pool that you're going mm -hmm. to have to, Marcella? I really want to get a Portofino because I haven't been to their pool. Like I've walked past their pool. And it's beautiful, but I haven't been able to like actually get into it. And because we're at World Pacific this time, too, right? Yes. My favorite pool on Universal property is Sapphire Falls. Oh, that's Pulse. a good pick too. Hands down, my favorite. I pool. do love. Mm -hmm. I love to be on a I like. Um, I like their waterfall feature. And that, like, kind of, you know, you can walk, there's, like, the little bridge that you can walk under the the bridge between two of the buildings and kind of go where the water taxi is. I like walking around just the grounds of that pool. And I like the poolside service. I like that I can order from my seat and someone will bring me a quesadilla and a drink and I don't have to get up. Because <laughs> that's vacation for a mom of six. <laughs> someone bring me food and not get up. Well, first you're talking bow buns, now quesadillas. I just, I need to go eat, I guess. I just am so hungry. Thinking <laughs> of all the good food they have. <laughs> I feel like we can't do a podcast about food. <laughs> it just has to happen. <laughs> well, thank you, Kim and Charlene, for coming on today. And I'd also like to thank you for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be one of the first to know when a new podcast has been released. If you'd like to get in touch with one of our travel agents featured on today's show or any other agent at Marvelous Mouse Travels to plan your next Universal Studios vacation, please visit our website, www.marvelousmousetravels.com. I'll provide a link in our show notes. We hope you have a marvelous week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.